Whether you're being intentional about it or not, the way we live our, live our lives make a difference in the world. It makes a difference. Sometimes that makes a positive difference. But can I say that we have to be pretty intentional to do that? And then other times the way we live our lives uh, can create uh, a negative difference in the world, which we don't want to do. And, and so I got a quick story I want to share with y'all. I've shared it with our students once or twice, and I never shared it with the adults, but how crazy and silly I was when I was in middle school in the eighth grade, I'd moved to a new town and I, I was, I was at a new school, didn't know anybody. I was the kind of guy, like I wanted to get everyone's approval. So I was trying to get people's approval, trying to make friends, trying to fit in all this stuff. And ultimately what I end up doing is kind of becoming somewhat of a yes man, if you know what I mean. Like I, I would just kind of do whatever people dared me to do, silly stuff, so that I could gain their approval. But how many of you guys know that I, I really wasn't gaining their approval? They were just using me, right, to get a laugh. So this one particular time, this guy who I was trying to make friends with, not much of a friend, we're sitting at a lunch table. And we had bananas for lunch that day, right? And so as we're sitting there, the, the lunch period is almost over. And he's like, hey, there's this guy down there. And he kind of got bullied a lot, this dude that I'm referring to. We called him Big T. And he said, when you go to throw your plate away, I dare you to take your banana peel and slap Big T in the back of the head with it as hard as you can. And I was like, no, there's no way. Because like, I always felt bad for people like that. I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to do that. And so... Uh, I made up in my mind, like, I'm not going to do this. And so as I get up, I'm taking my tray to throw it in the trash, and I'm walking, and I'm getting close to tea, and I had already in my mind, like, I'm not doing this, okay? And so I look over my shoulder, and my friends are like, no, no, you're not going to do it, right? And so in a split second, I changed my mind. I grabbed a banana peel, boom, smacked in the back of the head. Banana peels flying everywhere. Like, it was epic, like some movie moment. And then all of a sudden, over as loud as I can, as I can remember, I heard Mr. Lowe, my teacher, go, Caleb Sowell, to the office right now, right? And so the moral of the story is I did something really stupid to try to gain someone's approval. But the truth is like, I, whether I was being intentional about it or not, I was making a difference in the world. I was making a difference that day in a very negative way. And I regret that, to be honest with you. Like I made a difference and it was in a negative way because it made someone feel less. And so the thing that we have to realize is every action that we do, everything that we do with our lives, it makes a difference. It affects our environment. It affects our surroundings. And as I think about this, I can't help but think about the life of Jesus. And when we look in the scriptures and when we read the gospels and we see the way Jesus lived his life, what we see is that he lived a very, very intentional life to where every single day he made a difference for the kingdom. He made a difference in a positive way, but he was very intentional about this. When we look in the scriptures, we see all kinds of ways that Jesus made a difference in the lives of people. He changed people's lives. He changed their worlds. And that's what really his whole mission was. That's what he was put here on earth to do. But when we look, we see where when Jesus encountered people who were hungry, he made a way to feed them. He changed their world. He helped them in that moment, and he gave them something to eat. We see where, where people who were sick and, and they had disease in their bodies, Jesus changed their world. He healed them. He gave them hope. He, he gave them hope for their souls. He forgave people of their sins and people who didn't have a hope or a future for their lives. He gave them hope in his name. He raised the dead. How many of you know that would change the whole family dynamic? He raised the dead. Come on, somebody. Like Jesus made a difference and he was very intentional with his life to do this. And ultimately, Jesus changed the world through the cross. 
When he died on that cross and he rose again, he changed the whole game for the entire world because a world that was lost and had no hope, that that was going to go to hell, now we have a way to be forgiven of our sins, to be reconciled back to the Father. He changed the whole world because of this very intentional life that he lived. And so I asked the question, like, why? Why did Jesus do this? It took a lot of focus. It took a lot of uh, uh, attention it, it, he had to be very intentional to be able to do this. And I think, why? I mean, obviously, he's the Messiah. He's the son of God. But why? What, what was the drive? What drove Jesus to live his life so focused, so intentional to where he could make a difference every single day with his life? We see it in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 30, 38. And it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages And he was teaching in their synagogues. He was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease. So right there we see where Jesus was making a difference. He was teaching everywhere he went, all the towns, all the villages he went to. He was teaching, he was proclaiming the good news, and he was healing people of every disease. He was making a difference. And then the second half of the scripture really shows us the drive that Jesus had. It says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed. They were helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. So when Jesus looked upon the people whose lives he was making a difference in, he was filled with compassion. They were helpless. They were hurting. They had no one to extend a a helping hand. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion on them. And so what we see through this scripture is that it 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 was the compassion that Jesus had that drove him to make a difference in the lives of these people. Compassion really is the fuel in our lives to make a difference. And the truth is, is having compassion, that really just means like, maybe you felt this before. It's like having pity for someone, or maybe you feel bad for someone because of a hard time that they're going through. I'm not sure if any of you have ever felt compassion before, but I I remember, you know, they talk about the innocence of a child. I remember being a child and like, at a very young age, feeling compassion, like so young, so innocent. I really didn't even know what it was. I didn't know why I felt this way. I remember going through the store with my parents and seeing people who had dirty clothes on and torn clothes and looked like they didn't have much. I remember my heart going out to them and my heart breaking for them. I remember a time when I was at summer camp and there was a guy in in my group. We were young kids. I, I didn't even know what I was feeling. But we were young kids, and his parents sent him with like two or three pair of clothes for the whole week. His parents sent him with only like $2 for snacks the whole week. And my heart went out to him. My heart broke for him. Maybe some of you have felt compassion in this room before. Maybe you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and, and the truth is, I was young. I didn't, I didn't know why I felt that way. But can I say that it didn't feel very good. It wasn't like this good, happy feeling where I was just like walking on sunshine, you know, walking on rainbows. It didn't feel really good because compassion doesn't feel the best because my heart is going out to someone when I feel compassion. My heart is breaking for someone who's facing a hard time when I feel compassion. And so ultimately, compassion drives us to do one or two things. With compassion, we we either choose to make a difference, we allow it to, to drive us to make a difference, or we press it down so that we don't feel that way anymore and we don't do anything about it. And in this moment, it's not many of you have made a difference in the lives of people. But when we feel the, the uncomfort that compassion brings, it drives us to make a difference. In this, in this particular instance, as a child, 
It drove me to say, hey, you, know, you may not have enough money to be able to buy snacks, but me and my friends, we got some extra money. We'll help you out. You may not have a shirt to wear, but hey, I got an extra shirt. You can have this shirt. Pastor Ben talked about that a little bit Sunday. He talked about what is the more for when we have more in our lives than what we need? What is the more for? And really the more is for others who don't have, others who are in lack. It's so that we can make a difference in their lives. So, so feeling compassion is not fun, doesn't feel good, but it drives us. It drives us to either make a difference or we press it down and we don't do anything about it. Then I remember those feelings. I remember, uh, if y'all just go with me for a moment, I remember as I got older and people began to tell me things that, that made me put filters in my mind on people's struggles. It made me put filters on the compassion that I felt. Like you hear people say things like, oh, you can't help this person because that's not the kind of person. There, there's other people who are more qualified that know how to help them better than you. So it's not your responsibility. You don't have to worry about it. Or I remember people saying like, you know, it's their fault that they're in the place that they're in. You know, have you ever felt like that? Well, they, they had the same opportunity as me. Why didn't they just make good decisions like me? If they made decisions like me, they'd be, in, they'd be in the right place. They wouldn't need my help. Or maybe you've heard, you know, I can't change the whole thing. I can't fix the issue, so I really shouldn't do anything. We put these filters on people, and we put filters on their circumstances, these lenses. And now, because I put these filters on, I can walk past that homeless guy who's hungry and not do anything for him, and I don't even feel bad about it. Come on, y'all don't get mad at me. Just hear me. Just hear me tonight. Now, because of these filters, I can walk past someone who's in need and I'm not thinking twice about it because the filters, I'm no longer changing my world. I'm now accepting things as the way they are. And the problem, the problem with the, these filters, the problem with those thought processes is it, is it stifles the very thing that God put in us that drives us to make a difference. It stifles our compassion. It makes me no longer feel compassion because the truth is right here, compassion is the fuel that drives us to do something. It's the fuel that drives us to make a difference. And if I don't have compassion no more, if I push compassion out of the way, it's no longer in my life, then I'm not going to do anything to make a difference. The truth is like, no, I may not be able to fix the root of the problem. I may not be able to fix the whole issue, but I can do something. I can make a difference. And in fact, God doesn't call me to fix the whole world. Jesus died on the cross for that. He doesn't call me to fix the whole world. He just calls me. He calls me to change my world, to change the part that I can do. No, I may not be able to fix the issues of racism in America, but I can do something. I can do my part. No, I may not be able to keep people from getting off the streets and people from becoming homeless, but I can do something. I can meet a need. No, I can't make sure that every foster kid in America has a home, but I can do something. I can make a difference in some way, but I have to allow my life to be driven from a place of compassion. Compassion doesn't feel good, but can I tell you, it's not supposed to feel good. It's supposed to make us uncomfortable. Because when I get uncomfortable, then I'll get out of the place that I've been stuck in and I'll take a next step and I'll begin to make a difference in my world. And when I begin to do that, when I begin to do that, then that's when I begin to change my world. When we look in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6 through 7, this is Isaiah speaking years and years and years before Jesus ever came to the earth. And he's really prophesying about Jesus right here. And 
And this is what he's saying. It's, it's kind of like read from the place as if Jesus is saying it himself, but it's Isaiah prophesying it. And he says, I offered my back to those who beat me. How many of you know that, that Jesus, he was beaten before the cross? He was beaten. We, we really celebrated what he did in our lives through the cross a moment ago, a very special moment through communion. He said, I offered my back to him. My cheeks, I offered it to them. Those who pulled out my beard, they pulled Jesus' beard out. He said, I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Jesus was mocked and they spit on him. And he says, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. I got that part highlighted there, that phrase where he says, I set my face like flint. That really stuck out to me. It was on my mind. So I began to dig into that and see what does that mean? If you know what flint rock is, Native Americans would use it to make arrowheads. Flint is this material. It's a rock material that's very inflexible. It's a very hard, tough material to the point where they could use it to make arrow, arrowheads out of it. And, and this is a, a figure of speech that's actually used another time in Scripture. And this phrase, I've set my face like flint, what it means is, is describing Jesus, just like that flint is inflexible, it's describing the inflexible, unwavering determination of Jesus. Because look, he offered his back. Do you think that was easy? It wasn't easy. They pulled his beard out of his face. They mocked him. They spit on him. It was not easy, but his determination like Flint was inflexible. It was unwavering. He was focused straight ahead on the mission that God had placed before him, which was redeeming lost humanity. And no matter what he had to go through, he wasn't going to back down because he was determined to accomplish the mission that the father had placed in front of them, in front of him. His determination was unwavering. It was inflexible. And we have to be the same way in our lives. We have to say, God, whatever you put in front of me, however you want me to make a difference, I'm going to do it. God, you want me to do that? Yeah, I know it's a little inconvenient, but I'm going to do that because you know what? The mission that you've put in front of me, I'm not going to flex away from that. I'm not going to step to the right. I'm not going to step to the left. I'm focused just like Jesus was on the task that you've placed in, in front of me. And so the thing that we have to understand is until I allow my life to be driven by a place of compassion, I'll never make a difference. I'll never leave a legacy. I'll never do anything significant with my life until I allow my life to be driven from a place of compassion. I'll never help the poor. I'll never serve the marginalized. I won't show up to first Saturday serves and make a difference if my life isn't driven from a place of compassion. Because compassion drives us to make a difference. So you hear me talk about compassion. That sounds good and all that. But Caleb, why do we got to make a difference? Why? So for a minute, I just want to answer the question, why? Why does God call us to make a difference? And I don't know if you expect a super theological answer, but here it is for you. It's because we're called to. That's super theological, right? Really deep. We're called to make a difference. But can I just remind us of a very simple truth tonight? Is that... All of us who call ourselves Christians, all of us who follow Jesus, we have been called to live a life of significance. We've been called to live a life that makes a difference. We've been called to change our world, not the whole world, but just our world. See, what your world consists of is everywhere you have influence, your job, your school, the grocery store, the gas station, wherever you are, that's your world. 
And God doesn't call you to save the whole world. He just calls you to change your world. But, but we're called to make a difference for the kingdom. Not a negative difference like I did. We're called to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, be kind and compassionate. There that compassion is again. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. We're supposed to be compassionate. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20, this is known as the Great Commission. Many of you have probably heard this before. And right here, this is before Jesus is getting ready to leave and he's instructing his disciples. This is the mandate that he's given them. He says, therefore, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end. And so right here, Jesus gives us directions. He gives us instructions. He's calling us right here to make a difference. Can I tell you this verse right here? It's, it's called the Great Commission. It's not called the Great Suggestion. Okay, come on. It's not called the Great Suggestion. Do this if you feel like it, you know. If you have time, do this. No, it's the Great Commission. We've been commissioned. We've been mandated to do this. God calls us to do it, to go into the world, our world, and to make a difference. Create disciples, baptize them, teach them everything that God's taught us. And remember, he's always with us. So I just want to propose the idea to you that we have been called to make a difference. Like when we show up at work, when we show up at school, wherever we are, ball games, we're supposed to make a difference. All the time, Caleb? Yeah, all the time. The way that we live our lives is affecting everyone around us. It may be positive, it may be negative. But we're called to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Let me put it like this. This church exists in Wichita Falls, right? And we've been called to make a difference in Wichita Falls. So because this church exists, people who are hungry, they got somebody to feed them. People who have no hope, they have someone to give them the hope of Jesus. People who are poor, they have someone to help them. People who their houses are falling apart and, and like they, they need their yard cleaned and they can't physically do it and they can't financially pay somebody. Because this church exists, they got somebody to fix their house. They got somebody to clean up their yard because we're making a difference in Wichita Falls. Shout out to the dream team because that's y'all making a difference. And that's awesome. I love seeing that. But our life should be the same way. When I'm at school and that person's over there alone and they have no friends, they got a friend because I'm there. Someone who needs prayers and I walk up on the scene, they got somebody to lift them up because I'm there. So I see someone who's hungry and they don't have anything to eat and I'm there, I can do something about it. Somebody who needs a listening ear, someone, a shoulder to cry on, and I walk up because I'm there, they got somebody. That's how we're called to live our lives is to change our world. And God calls us to do it. Second reason, why should we do it? Is because eternity matters. It's kind of funny. My mom, uh, my mom, growing up, she would always write the word in big, bold letters on all our mirrors and in markers. She would write eternity. Like, that's it. You know, eternity is like forever and ever and ever, just like on and on. And she would, she would print these and cut these things out that would just say eternity as reminders to go out through our, throughout our house. And she would have them everywhere. You can imagine as a middle schooler waking up at 6 a.m. and you're sitting there brushing your teeth and you look at the mirror and you're like, 
Eternity, what does that mean, you know? Like, you think about that, that's a deep thought, like eternity, oh my God, what's mom trying to tell me, you know? Like, you better get your life right, Caleb, you know? And so, but my mom would put this, and I remember times, like, looking at that and just, like, really thinking and, like, this gut-wrenching feeling of eternity forever and ever and ever. And the truth is, is that eternity matters. Like, we're going to spend our lives in one of two places, forever, for eternity, either heaven with God or hell separated from him. And the truth is really every person who has ever existed will too. And God calls us to make a difference because eternity matters. And the truth is, is that there's kind of a connection between our lives here and eternity. There's a connection there. Look at this in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and we did not minister to you? So right here what we see is that the people who they had the opportunity to make a difference with their life, but they didn't. And he's really calling them out on it saying, you could have done this. And they said, when did, we do, when did we pass you up, Jesus? And he goes to the next verse and he, and he says, then I'll say to them, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. When you pass that homeless guy up on the street, you pass me up. When you pass up the least of these, you pass me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. See, every one of us have been given an opportunity every day to make a difference. And we have to choose whether we'll do it or not. God gives us that decision. And so I just want to remind you tonight that eternity matters. And I believe a lot of us who are here tonight, we're saved and we're on our way to heaven. But can I tell you that when we go into our jobs and when we go to school, that we're surrounded by people who they are far from God. And if they don't find a relationship with him, they may not make it to heaven. And the way that you make a difference, the way that you live your life could change everything for them. It could help them find a relationship with him or catch this on the negative side. It could push them further away. That's why it's so important how we live our lives. Eternity matters. So coming to the second half of this, how, how do I make a difference? So I know why, because I'm called to, and because we're living a life for eternity. Like I'm living for something. And I'm trying to take as many people to heaven with me as I can. But how? And the first thing is simple. Go out of your way. Like, you got to get, you got to go out of your way to be able to make a difference. Look at this. In, in John chapter 4, we see the story where Jesus met the Samaritan lady at the well. Maybe many of you know this verse. And it says, so he left Judea and he went back once more to Galilee. And now he had to go through Samaria. I'm going to stop there. This verse is significant here because it, Jesus said he had to go through Samaria. And this is important because Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They didn't click, you know, like, and so Jews didn't go to Samaria. In fact, when you study history, you'll see that when Jews would travel from Judea to Galilee, they would actually, instead of going straight through, they'd go around Samaria because they were trying to avoid those people. Because that's a place they didn't go. That was people that they did not deal with. So they would go around Samaria. But Jesus said he had to go. 
Why did he have to go? Because he knew there was someone that was going to be in Samaria at that well that day that he needed to make a difference in her life. He needed to give her the hope of eternal life. He needed to give her the hope that only Jesus the Messiah could bring. So he said he had to go to Samaria. He had to take him and the disciples to a place where he knew they would not be welcomed because of their race. Because they were Jewish, they were not welcomed in this place. And can I say that when we begin to live lives that make a difference, we're going to have to deal with people that don't like us. And we're going to have to love them anyways. We're going to maybe have to go to places that we're not welcome. Maybe parts of the town that they say you shouldn't go there. Like we're going to have to go to those places so that we can make a difference in the life in the lives of people. And so making a difference isn't always convenient. Let me put it like that. When I begin to live a life that makes a difference, it's not going to be convenient. But can I say, we don't make a difference because it's convenient. We make a difference because people matter. And because eternity matters. And those people are going to spend eternity somewhere. That's why we make a difference. Not because it's convenient. Can I tell you, like, I grew up in a pastor's home. I have amazing parents who made a difference with their life. But it was not convenient. It was not convenient for me as a kid trying to be cool in high school. It wasn't convenient. It's not going to be convenient. This last Sunday, Pastor Ben is talking about how our, our church is growing and there's people coming in to hear the gospel. And hey, what if we had to add a fourth service? You think that's convenient for the people that's going to have to serve all four services? But it's not about convenience. It's about people coming in here who are lost and who are far from God. And they're hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and their lives are being changed forever. It's not about convenience. I don't make a difference because it's convenient. I make a difference because people matter. The second thing, how do I make a difference? I have to allow myself to be led by the Spirit. I have to allow my life to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, when we look in, in the Gospels, we see the life of Jesus. He allowed his life to be led by the Spirit. Every, wherever the Spirit led him, he went. Something caught my attention this week as I was studying. You know, there's a verse in the Bible where it says, led by the Spirit, Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Even a place that was going to be hard, the Spirit of God led Jesus there. But he said, it might be hard, but I'm going anyways because the Spirit of God led me there. The life that Jesus lived, the things that he did were led by the Spirit and I have to live my life the same way. I was thinking about this. As the woman at the well, and Jesus went through a place that he normally wouldn't have traveled through. And this is really interesting here. The Bible tells us that the lady was getting water at midday. Now, most of these women would get water in the morning. But because of some poor decisions that this lady had made, and because of some bad things she had done with her life and the way society looked at her, she wasn't allowed to go get water in the morning with the rest of the ladies. She was excluded from that. So she had to go at midday at the hottest part of the day by herself. So Jesus was going to an unknown place to meet a woman he had never met at the time of the day that she shouldn't have even been there. And he's all the way in Judea. How do you think Jesus knew she was going to be there? It ain't like Peter was up there with his iPhone like, hey, Jesus, she's here now. Come on, y'all. You know, I know it takes about an hour if you put it in ways, you know, you're going to get there about the right time she's there. They didn't have all that. How do you think he knew? He was led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God said, you go there. 
and he went. He allowed his life to be led by the Spirit. And can I say that when we as children of God have to allow our lives to be led by the Spirit, and even we got technology. They didn't even have that. We have technology, but that still can't lead us. Only the Spirit of God can lead us. But as children of God, the Bible says, my children, my sheep know my voice. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, they're sons of God. So if I'm a child of God, I'm living my life in a way that is led by the Spirit. And I'm able to make a difference in ways that I would have never been able to make a difference whenever I live a life led by the Spirit. And so maybe you feel, sometimes you feel that nudge to do an act of kindness for somebody. You feel that stirring in your heart? That's the Spirit. Be obedient. Follow it. See what He'll do. When you feel the Spirit leading you, do it. Make a difference. I was debating on whether I had time to share this story or not, but I'm going to share it with you. And now I'm going to get ready to close. I had a friend in high school, and his name was Deshaun. And Deshaun was far from God. He didn't really have a relationship with God. And we graduated high school. It was a year after we graduated high school. And I saw, I grew up in a small town in South Alabama called Luverne. And everybody went to the chicken shack in Luverne, okay? That's where we all went to eat. It was like one of the main restaurants we had in a little small town. And so one day I'm at a chicken shack and I saw Deshaun there. And we were acquaintances, and I was like, hey, man, what's up? How you been? Hadn't seen you in a while. It's good to see you, dude. And I felt the Spirit of God lead me. Said, I want you to, I want you to tell him that I love him. I want you to invite him to come with you to church this Sunday. And I began debating. I said, you know, I can't do that. He's going to think I'm weird. He's going to think I'm lame. I can't do that. And so I passed up the opportunity. I wasn't obedient. And about three weeks later, I find out, Deshaun has a terrible motorcycle accident and he dies. Can you imagine the weight that I felt when I knew that the Spirit of God led me to say something that could have made a difference in his life? Now, I believe God is faithful. I believe God is sovereign. And even in my, even in my failure, he still could have made a difference. He still could have used someone to make a difference. But can you imagine the weight that I felt? I carried that for a really long time because I did not follow what the Spirit of God said. So when the Spirit of God leads you to do something, just realize that He sees the bigger picture. Just realize that He sees further than we can see. He sees into the future. The Bible says from the end to the beginning, God sees. So I have to trust Him and I have to be obedient. This is my last thing. How do I make a difference? I have to be different. This is a really simple message to you tonight. But I have to be different. If I'm going to live a life that makes a difference. I have to be different. First Peter tells us this, chapter 1, verse 16. It says, it's written, be holy because I'm holy. Be holy because I'm holy. And some of you are thinking, Caleb, you just don't know. I can't be holy. Like, I can't do that. How am I, how am I supposed to do that? I can't be holy. Well, I'm not talking exactly what you might think that I'm saying. I'm not talking about righteous and high and mighty and perfect and you're checking off a list of do's and don'ts and you never make a, uh, a mistake in your life. I'm not talking about that. Really what to be holy means it is it means to be set apart for a purpose. My life is gonna be set apart for a purpose. So really what, what this is saying is be set apart because I'm set apart. Or we could say be different 
because I'm different. God calls us to this. I learned this principle early on in my life. I mentioned to you that my dad was a pastor. So growing up, my life looked a lot different than other kids my age. Like, you know, other people, they'd be doing, you know, all these things on the weekend. They'd be going to all these places, doing all this stuff that looks so fun. And I see it on social media and my family was in church every time the doors were open, like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. When we had revivals, we were there. Like we were at serve days. We was at, we, we were at work days at the church. Like if the church had an event, you could guarantee I was there, okay? Unless I was in the hospital, I was there. And this wasn't always fun. Like I remember, like, it, I remember thinking, why, why do I have to be so different? Why do we gotta live a life like this, mom, dad? Why do we have to live like this? Why can't I just, I thought, why can't I just be like everybody else? I remember thinking that thought. And then as I began to get older, now I'm thankful that my parents taught me how to live a life that's set apart. I'm thankful that my parents taught me how to live a life that way. Because if we're ever gonna make a difference in this world, we have to be different. I'm not talking about legalism here. I'm not talking about be perfect. I'm not talking about checking off this list. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is having a relationship with God and, it, and making a difference should flow from the relationship that I have with God. Because I love Him, I'm gonna serve Him and I'm gonna serve His children. And those children who are far away from the Father, I'm gonna serve them so that those who are far from God, they can come close. And it all stems from my relationship with God. It stems from my relationship with God. I'm not talking about legalism, but if we're gonna make a difference in this world, we have to be different. You can't do the same thing that everyone else does and make a difference. You just can't. You gotta choose. Am I gonna make a difference? Or am I gonna be like everybody else? Can I be honest? Most people are selfish. A lot of people are selfish. I have to say, I'm not gonna be selfish. I'm gonna be selfless. I'm gonna allow myself to be inconvenienced for the benefit of other people. I'm gonna live generously so that I can make a difference. I'm not gonna be selfish. Most people are too busy for God. They're too busy to serve. They're too busy to make time to, to have one-on-one -on -one time with God. They're too busy to, to be a, a listening ear to someone who's hurting. I have to be different. I have to make time for God. I have to make time to serve Him. I have to make time to worship Him. I have to make time to make a difference in the lives of others. If I have to be different. A lot of people are closed off. They say, this is my limit and I'm not going past that. That's it, that's all you get out of me, God. But if I'm gonna make a difference, I have to be open to be led by the Spirit of God. I have to be open. I can't be closed off to the Spirit. I gotta be open and say, God, wherever you lead me, I will follow. So this is it, this is what I got for you, and this is it. You've been made different to make a difference. That's it. Why do I have to be so different? So that you can make a difference. Asking my mom, mom, why do I have to be different? So you can make a difference. God's given you gifts, he's given you talents, and you get to choose what to do with them. But. If you're wondering why you gotta be so different, you've been made different so that you can make a difference. Bow your heads with me in this moment. I believe that God has a purpose and he has a calling for your life. 
And He wants to use you in a mighty way to make a difference in this world, to make an impact. And believe me, He'll do things far beyond your imagination. He'll do things through your life that you never would have imagined. And you'll say, it wasn't me, it's the Spirit of God. I could have never done that on my own. But you have to be open. You have to be willing to be inconvenienced. You have to be different. You have to be different to make a difference in this world. So right here with every head bowed, eye closed. If you'd say, Caleb, I just wanna know who I'm talking to. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if you'd say, Caleb, I wanna live a life of significance. I wanna leave a legacy so that long after I'm gone, the difference that I made in the kingdom is still alive. If that's you, if you'd say, I wanna make a difference, and there may be some changes I have to make in my life, but I wanna make a difference. If that's you, if you could just declare that by lifting your hand in this room so I could pray for you. Thank you, I see hands everywhere. Thank you, I wanna make a difference. And I need God's help to be different. I need God's strength. I need him to lead me. I need his guidance so that I can make a difference. God, we come before you tonight. I wanna say thank you that we get to serve you. We don't have to serve you, we get to serve you. And I wanna say thank you. Thank you that we get to be a part of your kingdom. Thank you that you saved us. And that we have a hope and a future in heaven with you. And God, I pray that you'd stir our hearts for those who are far from you. I pray that you would stir our hearts for those who are hurting, for those who are marginalized, for those who are poor, for those who are broken. Stir our hearts, God. Restore our compassion. Restore the fuel that drives us to make a difference, God. God, forgive us for the times that we, that we just ignored the leading of your spirit. Forgive us. And God, with your strength from this day forward, we're gonna make a difference in our world. I believe that there's a room full of world changers right here who's gonna change their world. Their, the, fam, the family dynamic is gonna be changed because of the way they live their lives. Their workplaces, their schools are gonna be turned around because of the way they live their lives. So God, give us strength. God, we need you. We can't do it on our own. I'm reminded of the scripture in Zechariah where, where you speak and say, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I think that's for somebody tonight. That's been on my heart all day long. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Your family's not gonna be restored by your might or by your power. It's only gonna be restored by the spirit. When you hit your knees and you begin to pray and the Spirit of God leads you, that's when your family's gonna be restored. That's when children are gonna come back to parents. Husband and wives are gonna come back together. Siblings are gonna, relationships are gonna be restored. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Says the Lord. God, we thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the work that you're doing here in this church, God, and that we get to serve you and that we get to make a difference. And I pray that you would accelerate the vision that you've begun here now through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we give God praise? Can we give God praise in this place? Jesus, we honor you today. We honor you tonight, God. We worship you. We love you, Jesus. We love you.